the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. March is almost over. It's hard to believe one quarter of the new year is almost past. And for Christy and I, and I'm sure for many of you, this has been a busy winter. It's almost time for taxes. Can I get a boo? Uh, <laughs> and boo. <laughs> it's also almost spring, and that's a good thing. And so really the question for all of us is what's next? What's next in our lives? What's next at the gas pump? What's next on CNN and in politics and in Europe as our thoughts go out to the war in the Ukraine? It seems that wherever we look, in our homes, in our nation, and in the world, there is struggle. And so as we head into spring and we embrace change and transformation and growth and blooming flowers and God's majesty all around us, we're going to look at this struggle. Because it's everywhere, and you can't get away from it. We struggle to pay our bills. We struggle to sort truth from lies. We struggle to feel positive about the state of this nation. And we struggle with feelings about friends and enemies and ourselves. So the common denominator is struggle. And the way I look at it is, if you're going to struggle, you may as well make friends with it. And it may as well be a place of productivity and growth and progress. And we don't want to get stuck in struggle. So, you've heard me say, as people ask me questions, and as I choose in which conversations to engage and which ones to walk away from, the question for all of us is, what will I do tomorrow morning when I wake up? I can't control what's happening in Europe, and I can't control the price of gas, and I can't control the way other people behave. The only thing I can control is what I do tomorrow morning when I wake up and throughout the day. 
and every day after that. At times, separating the things I control from the things I do not control can be a struggle in its own right. And then when I figure out the things that I control, which are very few, that's where I should apply myself. So, we're preparing for spring and for newness and all of the promises that the season has for us. And Christy and I are going to talk about struggle and struggling well. We are going to struggle. Let's struggle well. So, if this sounds a bit confusing and if you only hear one thing from this show I pray that it is that our relationship with God is the context for everything, and it puts our struggle in its proper context. That context is that we're sinners, forgiven only by the mercy and grace of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And all that matters is what we do next in any situation. It's what we do next that counts. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wingman, Best friend, wife, Christy Mandelow. I love that, best friend. Well, wife, well, yeah. too. <laughs> right. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Friends, before I begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserve, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. And as my retirement date is officially set for the 1st of May... I will only be saying that for a couple more months. Wow. Wow, yeah. I Thank have you, no, God. Have, I have no words is what I was going to say, but I also, those are the perfect words. Thank you, Thank God. you, God, for the honor of serving this nation and serving the mission of the Marines and serving my Marines. And I'm sure you hear this a lot. Yeah. Thank you for your service, but I think we need to take a moment with that and really think about what that embodies. And, and that is, is something to really, truly be honored, not just um, something that comes out of your mouth. That Thank you for your service. So, yeah. Truly. Well, I'll tell you what it embodies. It embodies a lot of struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can I only imagine. I joined the Marine Corps Reserves in 1984. And don't do the math, anybody. Come on. <laughs> and I became an officer in 1988. So when I retire on May 1st, it will almost be 38 years, 37 and a half years or something like that. Anywho, let us pray. Heavenly Father, this world is full of struggle. As Christians restored to you by your Son, Jesus Christ, our righteous struggle will change this world. When we struggle, Lord, We know that you are with us, and we know that the world is watching. Help us, Father, to glorify your name in the way we struggle. Protected by the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, help us each to struggle wherever we are with courage, with compassion, and with forgiveness. Help us, Lord, to hold ourselves accountable to your truth as written in the Bible and shown to us by Jesus. Draw us close to you, Father. Help us to make sense of this place and to do good though we struggle and through our struggle. And may all we do be glorifying unto you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So friends, I'm going to do you a huge favor. Uh, I'm not going to sing. (laughs) But I am thinking of that song, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. I'm thinking about it because I worry that sometimes Christians think that because we believe in Jesus, 
because Jesus is our Lord and Savior, life will be easy. And I think people out there teaching the prosperity gospel confuse the issue and do a lot of damage. Because who would join the Marine Corps and think that it was going to be easy? Boot camp, training, and war. Who would believe anyone if they told us that joining the Marines was going to be easy? And yet, a lot of times, as Christians, we expect that things will be easy. They're not going to be easy. you got a target on your back. The difference is that you do all things with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit goes with you and speaks into your life if you listen, and God watches over all of us. So, since we are going to struggle, let's learn how to do it well, and we're going to talk about that today. And Christy is the perfect person to talk to. She has experienced struggle in her own life, and she is trained as a transformational coach, working each day with people in various places of struggle. She is an accredited coach trained within the rigorous standards of the International Coaching Federation, and she is a certified divorce coach, working with people going through one of the most difficult experiences they will face. She herself has faced divorce the death of her parents, serious family illness, bankruptcy, and also change, which can sometimes be very hard. She gave up a very successful corporate job to help those in struggle, and it's my honor to share my life with her and to share today's show with her as part one in a series on struggling and struggling well. So, let me say this. Christy is an incredibly compassionate, kind, truthful, and forgiving person, and though she holds herself to very high standards, she extends to everyone around her, myself included, such grace and mercy. And let me just say this, I often have trouble picking out cards for special events because you'll pick a card out and you'll look at it and you'll say, man, all this stuff isn't true. I can't say this. And this says that this person's the most charitable person I know. And they're not really. They're kind of stingy, so I can't buy this card. Well, I have no trouble buying cards for Christy. I have no trouble choosing cards because she's wonderful. And I'm honored to have her as my wingman and my guest today. So after that very, very long introduction, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Welcome. Well, thank you. And I love cards. So that's perfect. It's a perfect fit. Yeah, it's like uh, the story of the, you know, pilots, I don't know if y'all know this out there in Radio Land, but pilots love to talk about themselves. And there's the joke about the pilot on his first date after talking about himself for two hours says, enough about me. Let's talk about what you think of me. (laughs) So uh, hopefully before we get to the um, end of the segment, end of the segment (laughs) and the first break. Let me just ask you this. When I say struggle, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, well, you know me. Lots of things that come to my mind. I think about it. I write about it. Um, I, I guess I'd have to say my my personal experience and transformation through struggle is really what comes to mind. And and so uh, kind of that that wrestling with it and where I've come to today uh, and so I guess in a way, uh, I also think about other people. They may be in that same place I've been before, struggling. And um, there are ways that we can struggle well. I've heard you say some people can get stuck. Um, 
I think some people um, maybe take up residence in struggle and it becomes defining. And that's very sad because who wants to let the low point of your life become the uh, defining statement of your life? Yeah, defining moment. Well, like I said, I think of a lot of things when I come to str- when you ask me about what I yeah. think about with struggle because there's so much in it. Yeah. Okay, so this is exciting. We're going to explore this with you in two parts, and there's a lot to it. And then we're going to, over the course of the series, talk to some guests about the struggle that they see in their work uh, in ministry and elsewise. And I hope you're going to join us for this series because struggle is inevitable, and if you're going to do it, you may as well do it well. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're saying. Exactly. And it's not something that I can just speak to in a soundbite. So I'm glad that we're doing two series or, or a series, two shows, and other guests bringing in their perspectives as well. Yeah, absolutely. Friends, I hope you can just hear this one thing. And the devil's going to always argue about it, but this is the thing. It's what you do next that counts. It's always what you do next that counts, regardless of how deep a hole you've dug, regardless of what has happened, regardless of your participation in what has happened, whether you've been at fault, whether you've tried your best, it's what you do next that counts. And if we bring that to Jesus, and if we bring ourselves in that accountability to that bright light of God's loving word as written in the Bible, then what we do next will be the best thing for the situation and the people around us. And we're going to talk about that a little more when we come back. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and I'm speaking with my wingman and wife, Christy Mendelow, in her capacity as a transformational coach, and we're talking about struggle. So just before the break, I asked Christy, when I say struggle, what uh, comes to your mind? And so I would say the same to you out there listening. When I say struggle, what comes to your mind? Because there's all sorts of struggle. Uh, Struggle kind of has a negative connotation. And um, I think we all want to avoid struggle, and yet it's inevitable. So it's a very weird place. What do you think? Yeah, so, you know, I, I answered your question with, I think about a lot of things, because it is big. 
it's a big topic. But after kind of sitting back and thinking about it, you know, thinking out there, listeners are thinking, wait, struggle. I don't want to hear about struggle. Struggle's tough. But that's only what we've been told. That's only maybe what we've been brought up, brought up in. And so we're going to be talking about struggling well. And so what I want people to think about, and even myself included, is struggle can be a good thing. We can struggle well. Yeah. Do you have that definition of struggle? That, I do. Um, it's interesting. I, I always start with definitions, so I make sure I know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but yeah, I looked it up. To make strenuous or violent efforts in the face of difficulties or opposition. But here's a, an important one. To proceed with difficulty or with great effort. Yeah. Uh, when you mentioned that uh, earlier, the thought that was in my head is proceed. Mm -hmm. Movement. Move through. It's not a place of residence. Right. And so I really think about the gym. Whenever you talk about struggle, I think about the gym because everybody kind of perceives struggle as negative, and yet you have a gym membership, uh, especially for the first six weeks or so of every year when you decide, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm going to have a gym membership. And what's the point of that? Well, the point is you're going to go to a place of struggle. Why? In order to get stronger or be transformed in some way, right? Yeah, I talk about it in my book, and uh, same sort of metaphor yeah. is we go in and we know that there's going to be some pain associated with it. I mean, your muscle fibers even tear a little bit, and, and you feel sore afterwards, but if you stay with it, you yeah. grow, you change, you get We're so averse right. to struggle, just hearing that word. Yeah. And so we want to live a life that includes no struggle. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're not very well equipped to deal with it. And so we get angry at it. And so we get upset and we feel like bad things have been done to us. We've been singled out for persecution. Where's God? Why? Why is he allowing this to happen? And so what we really want to talk about here and for the next while is we're going to struggle. Your perspective on struggle can determine whether or not it is beneficial and transformational in your life. If you resent it and you resent every moment of it, then truth be told, you stand a good chance of getting stuck in that uh, struggle and also not growing from it. Is yeah, that right? absolutely. Perspective's huge. And, you know, I love uh, Pastor Rick Warren. Never heard of him. <laughs> Never heard of him. But I think it was Pastor Rick Warren uh, who said, um, if you think your perspective is right, you're wrong because people have uh, like thousands of perspectives. And just wait around long enough and you'll you'll learn that your perspective is not is wrong. It doesn't mean necessarily that you're wrong, you're a bad person, but the idea is what he's trying to get across is there are a bunch of different perspectives, but sometimes we have such tunnel vision, blinders on, whatever that may be, that we we're we're so stuck with one perspective. Okay. So the definition of struggle is to uh, oppose to move against violently in some cases. But what are different types of struggle? Like immediately what comes to mind for me, being a Marine, is to struggle against an enemy. But maybe in your work you see more emotional struggle. Uh, tell us about the different types of struggle. Well, I think if you look at an everyday life, um, struggling with people, struggling with what is happening, to you in a, a close proximity or in the world, um, struggling with money, struggling with 
eating healthy, struggling with getting to the gym. So these are decisions, right? Um, I think in our faith, we probably struggle with questions. Is God real? Does he love me? Will he forgive me for all I've done? How that can, hurts my heart just to hear that. Yeah, think about this one. How can someone love me and forgive me whom I've never seen? Yeah, okay, so what I heard in there is we struggle first and foremost with ourselves. We wake up in the morning, you're looking in the mirror, you're brushing your teeth, and maybe you start having conversations. Maybe those conversations are around your perception of yourself. Maybe they're around your perception of your circumstances. Maybe they're around the stories that you tell yourself or that we tell ourselves, some of which are not very kind. And so love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, You know, start by being kind to yourself. And so we struggle with people. We struggle with reality. We struggle with circumstances. And we struggle with also the things we can't even see, which would be our faith. Yeah. I think the interesting thing there, and there we're, we're talking about perspective, and, and even related to people, what's the key? What's the running theme through there? It's what we think about that. It's our thoughts. So perception. Yeah. Uh, perception is reality. For some people. For some people. Until and you some know pers- that your perception is wrong. <laughs> yeah, and some perception is not productive, so you can immediately decide I'm not going to have this perception because it's a bottomless pit. I'll never escape from this. You can change your mind. Yeah. I've talked to Christy a lot about coaching, and one of the metaphors that she has for coaching is a person becomes stuck in a hole, and a coach jumps down into the hole with the person to help guide them out. And that perception comes from a story that I like to tell about a guy who gets stuck in a hole and he screams for somebody to come and help him. And a doctor walks by and he looks up at the top of the hole and yells to the doctor, help me. And the doctor writes a prescription and drops it in the hole and walks off. And the guy keeps yelling and a priest walks by and he says, Father, help me. And the priest says a prayer and then walks off. And then the guy keeps screaming, somebody help me. And here comes somebody else. And in the way I tell the story, that somebody else is a Marine. And he says, help me. And then the Marine jumps down in the hole. And he says, what did you do that for? Now we're both stuck in the hole. And the Marine says, yeah, but I've been in this hole before and I know how to get out. And the savior of the guy in the hole could be anybody. In Christie's case, it's a coach who jumps down in the hole and says, hey, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to tell you that your struggle isn't real or is real or anything of the sort. I've been in holes before, and I know how to get out of a hole. And so those holes are our perceptions first. So talk about that exercise that you do when you're trying to help people connect with what's really going on. Well, first, before we do that, I want to talk about what happens in in that um, pit that someone is in with a coach or a Marine. We can help them get out, but the key, and I shared this with a mentor, and she she brought this up. She was like, a coach or a mentor or a Marine can also shine the light down in the darkness. Yeah, you jump in with a flashlight. You jump in with a flashlight so we can help illuminate things. And oh, by the way, there may be a ladder right in front of your face. So Yeah, I like that flashlight idea because uh, the Bible, the word of truth. That's where I was going, yeah. Sometimes it's uh, we know that the world lives in darkness. Scripture says, uh, talking about Jesus, 
uh, in the first chapter of the book of John, uh, it says, uh, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm. Yeah. And so, okay, darkness, you jump in there, but now you're, um, talk to us about that. You're in the hole, you're guiding people, you're trying to help them have a new perception of their circumstances that's more productive to growth and, and development. Well, from a coaching standpoint, we've we've got to get in that hole with them and understand what their perspective is here at first without judgment. So someone who has never heard before that they can have a different perspective. Uh, for me to get in and go, your perspective is wrong. We you're can entitled. You you can get out of. You're entitled. How? You're entitled to your perception. That is a starting place. Because um, a lot of times we feel like uh, I'm wrong. We've been told our feelings are wrong. We've been told we're wrong. We're wrong. We're wrong. And so the first thing that I need to hear, I guess, from somebody who is going to help me out of the hole is. I understand how you feel and I understand where you're coming from. And then let's talk about that. And mostly we need to be listened to. People have uh, such a need to be heard. And so first we start with listening. And and then, yes, uh, you come from a place of um, understanding without judgment, trying to understand where they are. If, if they only have one way of looking at it, a situation and I come in and I say to them, no, you need to look at it this way. It's they're going to shut down, but we listen and they begin to know that they're in a safe space. Then we start being curious, asking questions. Well, tell me more about that. And what's beautiful about coaching is that we really, we're, we're not to give our advice. We're not to actually tell them they're in the hole or actually tell them this is their way out. By asking them questions and simply exploring these perceptions that they're having, the light turns on for them. Okay, so our perception of our lives and of what we perceive as a struggle, kind of getting a little difficult, sometimes it's actually what's happening and sometimes it's not. It's just what we invented in our heads. Yeah. So back to the question about, uh, you mentioned the exercise that I do. Well, one of the thing that came to my, my mind when you talked about the exercise, there's another exercise that I do versus the, the pit is I help people see the reality of what's going on. Okay. That's really important because we've talked often on this show about, um, the fact that we have to ask first and foremost, what is real, right? Uh, in our faith, in our perception of the world around us as spiritual beings living in the world, what is real? And so we're going to talk about that as we come back in this very important topic of struggle, because we're going to struggle. Let's learn how to struggle. Let's learn how to struggle effectively in faith with Jesus so that we can be a light to a world living in darkness. Stay with us. We'll be back. That I'm coming home to you. There's a cat outside my window. There's they fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries 
that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking about struggle. But I hope you're not going to hear it as a very heavy man. I don't want to add to my struggle with a show about struggle. I hope what you hear is it's the end of winter. It's getting to be spring. Struggle's a reality. We're Christians. More is expected of us. And let us talk about how to struggle well so as to shine light into this darkness. Um, And so we're talking to Christy Mendelo, my wife, who is a certified uh, coach, and we're talking about the actual mechanics of struggling. So what I would ask is, we talked about before, sometimes it's your perceptions of your situation, sometimes people cause us to struggle, sometimes our circumstances, sometimes we struggle with faith, maybe it's struggling to pay bills, uh, especially with the prices of gas as they are, and inflation as it is though nobody seems to want to take responsibility for it, but I digress. <laughs> so, Christy, why do people struggle? So you've asked me that question before, and I always come back to this, and, and I'll, I will today as well. They are thinking about the wrong things. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. And what does that mean? So if we go back and kind of unpack what we've been talking about in the first two segments with the, the perceptions, That's thinking. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. So again, we have these thoughts, which oftentimes are questions. I mentioned before around our faith is, is God real? Does he love me? Am I a good person? Did I do something wrong? These are thoughts. Then we have these feelings. As a result of the thoughts. As a result of the thoughts. Yeah. And we feel confused. We feel lost, alone. 
maybe we feel in limbo or we feel on the fence. We feel, uh, you used the word earlier, stuck. And then, and then we struggle. We struggle with doing things to make decisions with, uh, out of that confusion, out of that space of, of being stuck or lost and alone. And so um, we, we struggle with becoming more Christ-like. And so where does that take me? And it takes me to a wonderful thing I talk, like to talk about, and I think it explains so much, is the think-feel-act cycle. What most people don't realize is that before that feeling happens is there's a thought. And that action is produced often. We often act off of what? Our feelings. Well, I felt like it was the right decision to make. But what we don't know is that we have a thought before that. And so what happens is we have this thought and then we get stuck in this uh, muddy place. We have a friend and a Bible study that we we're in who recently said, we're all struggling through the same muddy ditch, right? So this is not something new. Uh, this is not something that um, only you go through, listeners. I've been there. I, I've been through a lot of struggle. Um, I have so, a good example. May I interrupt yeah, you? Yeah, of course. I have a good example of being in a bad place with regards to struggle and my feelings about struggle that just happened last week. Okay. So we just did a series on leave the outcomes to God. Right. Right? Yeah. Be in the process. Yep. And so here I am getting out of the Marine Corps, doing all this retirement paperwork and having emotional feelings about this time in my life and also worrying about... Uh, will my retirement pay as it should? What about the VA and uh, all of these things? And I started feeling, I'm doing the air quotes. <laughs> okay, Joey. <laughs> I started feeling like I had a lot going on and like all of this stuff had to happen. Otherwise, it was going to be messed up. And then I started being a little bit down. And then talking to Christy, it's like, like I like to say, whoa, Turbo. Okay, slow down a little bit here. You've got the feel, think, act cycle going on. You had some circumstances. You kind of sort of got a little too deep. You kind of sort of started thinking like you were responsible for all of this stuff. That made you feel overwhelmed. Then you looked at all of this stuff and you're like, yeah, I really do have too much to do. And now you're in a little bit of a stuck place. But if you go back to you ask yourself, what is real? And then you have thoughts about that. Well, I'm retiring from the Marine Corps and there's a bunch of stuff to do. And then you say, what are your feelings? Well, God will handle all of these outcomes. And if the stuff doesn't happen right, then guess what? I'll work through it and I'll get it fixed and people will help me. And maybe not immediately, maybe not r right now, but eventually we'll get it all sorted out. And so circumstances, the way you perceive those circumstances, your thoughts about the circumstances, feelings that are productive to have in those circumstances, and then actions which follow. The, yeah, is so right? self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. You, you, uh, it's going to be all messed up, so guess what? So it's all messed you're, up. And then you're going to go find those things to prove yourself right. Right. But if you understand the mind, and the mind can, in fact, change, it's so amazing uh, that we can change that thinking so, you know, again, we were talking about being in that muddy ditch. 
well, if we will sit there and say, I want to get out of the muddy ditch, but because I'm stuck in it and I'm only looking at the mud and how stuck I am, we don't get out of it, but we can actually begin to look outside. Okay. So do that exercise where you say what is real, and then that helps you figure out, find your way through the think-feel-act cycle. Yeah, that exercise that we've been alluding to, we've been waiting for (laughs) the listeners are going, will you please please tell us? Before I do that, I want to say this quote because it really sums it all. I'm I'm just (laughs) just creating the suspense. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Say that again. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Who said that? Henry Ford. Yeah, it is. It is what you think it is. Right. So thinking about the mind and now going to that exercise, everybody get ready. If if you sit there and say you've got something that you're struggling with and. OK, so me and all my perception of all these retirement things and I'm worried that it's not going to all work out right. Right. And and would that be fair? These are the things that you're thinking yes. and you think that you're seeing them. Yes. Well, then almost challenge yourself. And for me, I work with clients often is to get them really grounded first, meaning like uh, physically grounded, physically grounded. So sit on the floor. I'm sitting in a chair that it won't let my feet. I'm not that short. Um, <laughs> sit on the sit on a chair and you're because we're trying to get really real. Yeah. Feet flat on the floor. And if you've ever done yoga, they talk about grounding your toes into the earth. But it really does uh, ground yourself. So you're putting your feet flat on the floor. You're taking a deep breath, and I actually have clients bow their head, close their eyes, and now open their, uh, raise their head, and I'm doing this along with you. So listeners. you sit there with your eyes closed, right? And you take a deep breath. Okay, and now you raise your head. Raise and open. your head, open your eyes, and actually, now what is it that I'm seeing? What is real? Just so, looking around at the room or the car or whatever. Real, yeah. Don't close I'm, your eyes in a car, though. No, don't close your eyes in the car. Not okay. a good thing, but. I see if you're in a kitchen, I see the stove, I see the island, I see the sink. And it's all right? answering the question, what, what is, is real? real? Right. Okay. And then ask yourself the question, where where are these things that you're afraid of? So the things that you were talking about. Okay, so if I'm doing it, I close my eyes, I'm sitting there in the kitchen at the kitchen island with this huge mountain of paperwork all around me, and I'm totally stressed out about retirement and worrying, kind of... I've forgotten to just trust in God and say prayers, and instead I've attacked this pile of paperwork. And then Christy comes in and she says, okay, hold on a second here. Close your eyes, get grounded, and now open your eyes, and what do you see? And so I would say, I see the kitchen, and I see the TV or the stove or the refrigerator. And then you would say... Where's the thing that you're struggling with or that you're afraid of? It's not here. Right. Where is it? It's in my mind. Right. I made it up. Yeah. Well, I don't know that you made it up, but this is what you're thinking. Okay. So it's not real. It's not necessarily real. What's in front of you that's tangible. Okay. So what's in front of me, This, all these forms that I have to fill out that I have to submit? They are simply just forms. Okay. So rather than this nebulous worry about this thing that's not even real, which is really a fear of an outcome over which I have no control, I'm going to say, okay, I need to fill out these forms carefully and methodically, and then I will submit them, and then I will pray and give 
all to God, and he will author the outcomes that he desires. Well, and what you're doing is you're changing your mindset there. You're changing your mindset. Now, going into the steps that you could take to move yourself through that is though maybe one at a time you said a couple things, and I don't know that everyone could do that. So what I often talk about is what's one thing that you could do right now that would move you forward? We talked about struggle being a process. Just one single thing. One single thing. That's it. And I call them tiny baby steps. So you want to get in better shape. What is one exercise that you can do? Push-ups. Yeah, exactly. Push-ups. 10 push-ups a day. Start with one push-up a day. That's not very much. Start with one a day. The next day you do two. The next day you do three. The next day you do four. This one thing. I'm just going to do this one exercise. Right. Yeah, and you. uh, who was it? Aristotle who said you are what you do repeatedly. Yeah. So if you do that worrying, you'll be worrying. If you do something, then you'll be taking action based on the reality of your circumstances. Yeah, it's simple, not necessarily easy. So change your thinking to change your life. So we're saying why do people struggle? And what we're saying is, first and foremost, they get in a place where instead of perceiving their uh, situation kind of sort of with detachment and then thinking through their actual situation, having feelings about that and then acting on all of that, they perceive a situation and they go right to the feelings that they have, which are worry or anxiety. And then they make decisions out of that feeling and they choose these thoughts which aren't necessarily beneficial, and then they can end up stuck there. Yeah. All right, folks, this is uh, The Mechanics of Struggle. Stay with us. We'll be back. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply, as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and Mike always chooses a perfect time to play my favorite song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And I'm here with Christy Mendelow, my wife and wingman, and today she's on the show as a guest talking about struggle, and she's bringing her transformational coaching perspective to the subject of struggle because as we move into spring, we want to do so in the transformation of our faith. We don't just want to be what's left when the world is done with us as we worry about everything from gas prices to the people in the Ukraine. 
We want to be doing what we can do. Our faith is a faith of action. And so we have talked about struggle, and we've talked about the fact that sometimes our perception of our situation is not exactly right. And it's very important to get grounded with what's actually happening and things over which we have control so that we can then develop the right thoughts and the right feelings and the right actions. So in there I said something very important, and that is kind of the crux of the matter. And the word is control. Yeah. We are fearful of giving up our perception of control because the truth of the matter is we have control over very little. So it's really a perception. It's actually a delusion of control. The same people who think they are in control are the same people who, when bad things happen, say, why did God let this happen? It's a massive hypocrisy. Either God's in control or he's not. And so I think that first very difficult step is letting go of the illusion of control such that we can then perceive our circumstances in the right way. And I had to do that with all my retirement stuff because it's like I don't have control other than filling out the forms correctly and submitting them at the correct time. The outcomes are according to God, and I will leave them there happily. So it's about control, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. And you said um illusion and delusion, and I had thought illusion too, but it it really is a delusion. Yeah, it's like when people get on the airplane and I'll be greeting them at the door and they'll talk about uh, being afraid of flying and, well, we we have you don't have any control. You go back there and, and sit down and I'll take care of you. Right, yeah. And then, you know, one thing I want to make sure listeners hear when we talk about fears, we understand that some people do struggle with fears and, and there are great counselors out there that can help people through that. It can so be very real. It can be very, very real to them. And that's what great uh, counselors can do is help them um, ease into that new perception. Again, changing the, the, the mind. But if we talk about control, um, I really think that is at the crux of this struggle situation because we feel we feel kind of safer if we're in control, right? If we think we're in control. If we think we're good, good, <laughs> yeah. good distinction. If we think we're in control. We think it's so terrifying to let go of control, but that's where the freedom really is. So what does God have to do? Yeah. Takes he us has, to the brink. <laughs> yes. He has to wrest control from our grubby little paws. And this is an important thing. I hope you've been listening to the whole show, but I hope you really listen to this. There's a thing in the Marine Corps We've talked about it uh, briefly before. It's called a forcing function. Things will force certain actions upon you. We want to force the enemy. The enemy wants to force us. There are forcing functions. The struggle through which you are presently going, or will be going soon, or have just been through, is a forcing function. It's going to force you to do something. Either you will be forced to a place where you do nothing and it's fearful and you just sit there languishing. You're stuck. You're stuck. Or it forces you to go to the gym and get a gym membership and get in shape. Maybe you went to the doctor and the doctor says, wow, your cholesterol is as high as Bob Marley and <laughs> you, you need to I've never heard that. go hilarious. to the gym. Well, I just made it up. You need to go to the gym. And so that doctor's report was a forcing function, and now you're going to get in shape, eat healthy, and get your cholesterol down. Yeah, Oswald, 
uh, in Oswald Chambers' book, easy for me to say, Baffled to Fight Better, it's about Job. Um, he says this, or in the foreword it says this, only with that sense of ultimate and utter loss do we come to admit that all we have is God. Yeah. You mentioned that briefly and a uh, book of the Bible that was written by the smartest man ever to have lived, Solomon. I, I wish you'd read it. It's amazing. He goes through all of the vanities of man. We uh, First we seek pleasure, then we seek to work and do all of this stuff. And change happens, and the world happens, and truthfully, it's all just vanity, and he, he says, chasing after the wind. And in the very last uh, paragraph, he says, he's learned this. Throughout life, what he finally realized is he doesn't know why good things happen to bad people or bad things happen to good people. He doesn't know why some people live a long time and some people don't live a long time, but he knows this one single thing. It's better to love God. Amen. Absolutely. And so I think to sum it all up, I mean, of this small portion of the, the topic of struggle is when we humble ourselves before God, when we've surrendered, when we've submitted, when we've given up all illusions or delusions of that we're in control to God, then that's our starting place. That's our opportunity. That's the place where spring can come in and we can renew and we can grow. And so really like I said, it's simple, not easy. Change your thinking. We change our mindset. We humble ourselves before Christ. And we give up that illusion of control. We give it to God. Okay. So friends, what we're hearing here as we've been through this whole conversation is that in our struggle, there has to be a forcing function which will reduce us and reduce our delusion about our control. And ultimately, we bring everything to God as I had to do. And then he will control the outcomes and we will have to just walk it out on a daily basis. So let me say this. When I was praying about the show and I was asking God to help me, the following came to me. Life is easier than we make it. It boils down to this. Do the next right thing. Fear will try to stop you. Pride will try to stop you. Friends and family will hold you back at times, but the choice is yours. Just ask, what would Jesus tell me to do in this situation and do that. And I know there was a wrist bracelet a while ago, what would Jesus do? And maybe it sounds trite, but what would he do? And then do that thing, do the next right thing. For example, you may remember the story from the Bible about the lady who was caught in adultery and she's standing there and some Pharisees and others from her community are getting ready to stone her to death. And the Pharisees actually wanted to trap Jesus. And he interposed himself, and he offered her a reprieve. And the Pharisees said to Jesus, What sayest thou of her? Imagine that. If you can put yourself there, put yourself in her shoes or, or her sandals, think about it. Consider the thing about which you are most ashamed and most regretful being found out, and a community of accusers confronts you. You're taunted on Twitter. People post memes about you on Facebook. And at the depths of your shame, Jesus stands before you in his perfect, loving righteousness. If you could just put yourself in that place for a moment in this horrible struggle, now imagine you're waiting for Jesus' judgment. In that horrible moment of shame and ridicule, Jesus turns not to you but to your accusers. And he points at them in your defense And he says to them, 
He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And after the crowd disperses, maybe it's family or co-workers or people at school or cyber bullies, Jesus looks at you and with all the love and hope in the world, he says, go and sin no more. So think about that thing with which you are struggling, the thing you want nobody to find out or the thing that doesn't seem uh, to be something you can overcome. Think of all the things that surround it, the accusation and the anguish and the regret and the shame, and let it all go. Jesus has dispersed your accusers. They too are sinners in some dark place. They too live in chains in some struggle. But Jesus has broken your chains by the honest repentance of your heart, and you stand there free. Let that sink in. Now ask yourself, in my freedom... What will I do next? In the love of Jesus, in the plain and simple truth, according to the word of the Bible, without purpose of evasion, ask simply, what should I do next? And the answer there is go and sin no more. Go in the peace of Jesus. Give up that facade of control in all of these different issues. Just look at things as they really are, plainly, and ask yourself, What is the truth of this situation? What is a productive thought to have about this? What are some small steps that I can take, just a little step to do something differently tomorrow than I did yesterday, to be somebody different tomorrow than I was yesterday, to be more like Jesus tomorrow, more productive in my faith, more able, more capable, more happy. I won't necessarily struggle less, but I will struggle effectively. Think those positive thoughts. Think about the love of Jesus. The feelings you have are not feelings of condemnation. They are feelings of power. Your chains are broken. Your accusers have been dispersed. Give it to Jesus. And let feelings of empowerment and encouragement come into your heart as you face whatever your struggles are. And that is courageous Christianity. Christy. You know, uh, quote of the day, (laughs) It's our moments of struggle that define us. How we handle them is what matters. It's what you do next that counts. Friends, there are those of us who think we're perfect, those of us who know we're not perfect, ask Jesus to guide us, and have our very best day the very next day. And so it's an amazing thing. We're going to struggle in the spring. Uh, Let that struggle be a place of renewal. Thank you so much for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today or your favorite podcast app. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.